How to get buyers, clients, or customers from scratch. Welcome to the Kerry Canole Show. I'm your host, Kerry Canole, and today I'm going to be talking about how to get buyers from scratch and how to build profitable funnels that can acquire new customers based on paid traffic. All right, so this week I've been going through a challenge. Uh, by digital marketer called buyers from scratch challenge and i just wanted to share some of the highlights of it so far with you so you can understand the benefits of how important it is to have a cold traffic funnel built for you for your business to offer your product or services so on day number one you know we talked about some of the myths about traffic and if if traffic is abundant and you can go to the traffic store quote unquote uh, to buy traffic right from Facebook or Google, which makes up about 80% or a little bit more of all the traffic uh, on the internet at this point, then what's the problem, right? Well, the real problem is crafting a message is really hard. That captures the attention of a too busy, too distracted public who doesn't know you, doesn't trust you, and doesn't even know why they should even care about what you have to offer. And that's the premise of it, right? So the wrong question that most people ask all the time is, how do I get more traffic for cheaper? Or how do I get more cheap traffic? And the correct question they should be asking themselves is, how can I craft an offer that enables me to profitably purchase all the traffic I really want? This is the key to it all. And this is what you need to understand in two simple sentences. There are no traffic problems. There are only message problems. That's the bottom line, right? So the message is everything. To talk about that a little bit more in depth, the big trick to crafting the correct message is understanding a few key variables and really getting down to what is the core desire of your perfect customer or client, right? And so in order to do that, you need to usually brainstorm things like what are the core desires in general? And then once you've written down what those are, then you need to do something what they call brainstorming um, exclusive qualifiers an example would be i want x but without y perhaps as an example for uh, fitness or weight loss it would be i want to lose 10 to 15 pounds but without having to go to the gym and then you also need to brainstorm all the inclusive qualifiers i want x but i also want y included so this would be something like i want to lose 10 to 15 pounds but i also want to be able to work out from home or where it does not take a lot of time something like that so you want to write down all of those what you would do after that is once you've written all, all all these core desires exclusive qualifiers inclusive qualifiers you'd want to craft what they would call the deepest core desire which is basically your core desire plus your qualifiers and that is essentially what's going to attract people from different market layers you have your ideal market which is the smallest market right which is most aware of their problem and or your solution and then what we have is the addressable market, which is, oh, I'm sorry, the next level is the available market, which is solution aware. So they know that there's probably a solution to their problem, but they're not exactly sure what it is or who is offering it. And then we have what they call the addressable market, which is problem aware. So they know that there's a problem or that, they're, that they have a problem, but they're not sure there's even a solution for their problem. And then we have what we call the scalable market, which is completely unaware 
that perhaps they even have this problem or that this problem exists and that there is a solution to this problem, right? And what we want to do is we want to be able to go from our ideal market all the way out to our scalable market. And that's the only way we can do that is by understanding the core desires and the qualifiers and crafting that message. If we were to expand on that and formulate the big idea behind our product, right? So what is the big idea? Well, it's the deepest core desire that we just got done talking about, plus what they call the happening. And the happening is that idea of, have you ever talked to somebody and said, or somebody ever asked you, did you hear what happened to such and such or for such and such or whatever? And of course, our instant reaction or response is, no, what? What is it? Tell me. I want to understand. I want to hear. The curiosity gets spiked and you want to know what happened. So you need to, you know, you have to figure out what is the happening and the question is, how do I figure that out? Well, there's four types of happening, right? There's a new discovery. There's a unique perspective. There's a confirm a suspicion. There's take a stand. And so you can go to Google News, which is a great place. Uh, you can do keyword. You could type in a keyword and then statistics or keyword, then research study or keyword, then like crazy story. And these will bring back some results in your niche or industry that will help you figure out exactly what might be happening in your uh, niche. And then adding these, it could be more than one by the way. And if there isn't one or you can't find one, you can always create one. So and you should definitely create one if you can't find something that's relatable to your niche. So once you have the big idea, the actual formula is something like this. Something happened, right? So it's a big relevant change, which means new opportunity to achieve a core desire. And therefore, you must and then take action if you want to capitalize on this new opportunity and achieve your core desire. So that's kind of what you need to work on. And then that is, you know, some good examples of that could be if you were to say something about like digital marketers own brand, right? They have their core offers, their certified partner program, core desires, launch profitable, profitable, passive coaching business. And then something happened. Well, because of COVID, all businesses are digital. So uh, the need for more CMOs who get digital marketing is massive, creating a need for fractional CMOs. Uh, and then the type of that is a new perspective, right? That's one of the four types. And then it says, which means you can finally launch a profitable, differentiated, high-status coaching consulting business. And therefore, you must register for our free webinar where you can learn the fractional CMO playbook, which is an online paid online event or an online event that they offer. So I just give you an example of that. If we are talking about running the numbers, right? So it's really important to understand what the numbers look like from a investment perspective with your advertisements and your ad spend versus what you're going to charge for the particular product or service that your, your business is offering in this particular cold client acquisition funnel. Some of the benchmarks are, are fairly simple and straightforward. So the registration or opt-in rate should be, it's basically listed out in three categories, right? Good, better, and best. So on the good level, it's 35%. The better, it's 50%. The best, it's 60%. You should always be using the most conservative numbers. So the good level is what you should use when you're writing this stuff down on paper to actually look at it and figure out whether or not this is going to work for your business. And then if you get better numbers, fantastic, right? But you want to stay on the conservative side. If you're going to be looking at a mini class to a flagship or core offer, the conversion rate on that should be one and a half percent 
3% for better, 5% for best. So again, I would be on the conservative side and I would say I would want to benchmark it based on 1.5%. Webinar attendance rate. The good is 30%, better is 40%, and the best is 50%. So again, we'd be hoping to get 30% to attend our webinar. If it was webinar attendee to flagship or core offer conversion rate, so that's someone who attends a webinar and they actually purchase the product or service being offered, it's 3% on the good level, 6% on the better level, and 10% on the best level. Now, we'd want to make sure we were using the lowest level, which is 3%. Heck, I'd even probably dump that down to 2% depending on the price point. A paid online event purchase conversion rate, right? So that's like maybe this challenge I went through. On the low end or the good end should be 3%, better would be 7%, and the best would be 10%. And then for the same type of paid online event to flagship or core offer conversion rate, so that'd be the you know upsell, so to speak, during the, convert, during the challenge itself or something along those lines on the good level it would be 7%, on the better level it would be 15%, and on the best level it would be closer to 25%. Now, when we talk about average cost per click on Facebook, there is a bunch of different industry standards, right? But the one that I'm in is mostly B2B, and so that's $2.52 right now, an average cost per click. Now, across the board, across a bunch of different industries, including but not limited to apparel, automotive, beauty, consumer services, education, employment and job training, finance and insurance, fitness, home improvement, healthcare, industry, industrial services, legal, real estate, retail, technology, travel, and hospitality. That probably factors out to an average or a median price of about $2. So you just got to guess that it's going to cost you at least $2 minimum to get a click. That's just to get a click. Average click-through rate, depending on the niche, is is different as well but that's usually around one percent on average i would say and then the average conversion rate for those different niches based on those cost per click can range anywhere between uh, as little as under one percent is to as high as about 15 percent so there's a wide range of variables there but if we were to look at let's just look at a couple things here let's look at the mini class funnel right and if we were to go on the conservative side of things and we were to say that you know the opt-in rate was 30 5%. That would mean if we were to send a thousand clicks to it, it would convert at 35%. We would get 350 people to click over to our offer. And then if we were to say we've taken the low end of the mini class to flagship click uh, conversion rate, it would be about 2% or less. So that means we'd get about eight total sales. And let's say if we were spending or if each of those sales were about $500 each, it would be eight sales times 500 or $4,000. And then if we were to take that $4,000 and divide it by the number of clicks we have, which is 1,000, it would cost us, or I'm sorry, the maximum cost per click would be then $4. So if the average industry standard is $2 and it's caught, you could spend upwards of $4 to break even. So of course, if you could get that cost per click at $2, you'd be making 100% ROI because you would be getting basically four dollars for every two dollars you spend i hope that makes sense and that's for a, a mini class to flagship uh, offer let's look at the webinar funnel so the webinar funnel would be let's say on the conservative side they they used a little bit higher numbers they used the the better numbers they used 40 percent conversion rate um, which comes out to 400 people that 
from a thousand clicks, you would convert it for 40% at the webinar registration page. You would have 400, uh, 400 registrants. And then, of course, you, let's say that the attendee rate was 40% of that. That equals out to 160 attendees. And then they're saying that the webinar would convert at 5%, which is a little bit high for me. I don't really like those numbers. That would produce eight sales as well. So if we had eight sales at $500 on a webinar, that would be 4,000 sales. And if we divide that by 1,000 clicks again, we get our maximum cost per click at $4. Now, I like a little bit more conservative numbers than that. And so my conservative numbers would be 30% attendance or 30% conversion rate or attendance rate. Let's call it attendance rate. So let's still say we're going to get 30% of those people are going to register. So that's 300 registrants. And then we're going to get 30% of those people to attend. That's 90 people now instead of 160. And then let's say our, our conversion rate on this webinar is only 3% instead of 5%, right? So that 3% would be three sales. And if we were spending, let's say, let's say each of those sales was $1,000 instead of 500. So now you've made $3,000. Your maximum cost per click would be $3. Of course, if your uh, price point was only 500, you'd have uh, only 1500 in sales, which means your maximum cost per click would be $1.50, which would fall below the industry average of $2. So likely you'd be losing money. So it's best then to say, well, I can't sell that product at $500 on the webinar because it's not going to work with cold traffic at that low price point based on these very conservative numbers, which I think is very fair to say. So what I would do is I would up the price of the product on the webinar to at least $1,000 like I did in my example now, which gave us a $3 maximum cost per click, which still is below the $4 maximum cost per click on their higher conversion numbers. But still a very fair number, and I think it's very achievable. If you're doing a paid online event, let's go with the conservative numbers there. So if we did a paid online event, I would say if you were to sell that uh, initial cost to get into that online event at $47, and you only expected 3% of those people to convert, then that would mean you'd get about 30 people to pay $47, which equals $1,410, okay? And then um, you would get 7% of the 30 people who attended the actual online event to convert for your higher price upsell offer at the end of that event, right? So that would be two people out of 30 people if it's 7%. And I think that might even be a little on the high end, but I, I would go with that. And let's say that your same $1,000 price point applied, that you'd make $2,000 there. Then, of course, with your 30 units at $47 was $1,410. Your total there is now um, $3,400 roughly. And so you'd have a $3.40 maximum cost per click. So this gives, gives you some benchmark numbers to go by and how to figure it out. And I think it's really important when you're talking about offering a product or service at scale to a cold audience. And, you know, the number one problem isn't necessarily a traffic issue like we've talked about. It's not even how much is it going to cost you because it's costing everybody roughly the same. What does change is what is your offer and how compelling is that offer to the scalable market, right? And so it's really important to put the time and work in, not so much on uh, crafting the right ad, but more or less on crafting the right offer. So it's, it's all about getting that offer dialed in to the point where people can't live without it. They got to have it um, hitting their core desires and basically building out the big idea in 
taking that deepest core desire, which is the core desire plus the qualifiers, right? Plus the happening and the happening being one of those four major, major events. The four types of happening are number one, new discovery. Number two, unique perspective. Number three, confirm a suspicion. And number four, take a stand. And it just depends on which of those four you want to go after. And once you dial in one uh, of these four happenings, you can actually apply more than one and have a multitude of happenings, right? So there could be, you could use all four of these. You could use, you could come up with a couple different ones for each one of these, whatever it might be. And you're going to probably test out at least a few anyway to find out which one actually does best. So it's going to be, you know, one of the things where you, don't want to just come up with one only and then live with the results because there could be a better angle or better way to actually hit your market with your product or service through one of these other ones. So definitely want to test things out and see how that goes. I just wanted to also mention that um, since last podcast episode, I started doing a daily vlog that I've been going live on Facebook and YouTube and in some other destinations. And I rant and I rave a little bit about my wins and my losses or my things I'm thinking about and some struggles I might be going through as an entrepreneur. So if you want to tune in and uh, join in that, that would be awesome. If you'd like to watch any of those past vlogging episodes, they're now available on my YouTube channel as well. So you can watch those when you get a sec. And yeah, if you have any questions about what I talked about today, uh, please let me know. Just uh, post them wherever you can, and I'll do my best to answer them. Wherever you're watching or listening, I'd love it if you'd hit the subscribe button or if there's any other notification like on YouTube where there's the little bell notification so you get notified when I drop a new episode or a vlog. That would be great as well. And if you could leave me a review on any of the podcast networks or channels that you listen to me on that would be awesome as well with that being said this is carrie canole this has been an episode of the carrie canole show thank you so much for tuning in and i'll see you next week take care